Hello, and welcome to this special episode of The Lorgoifs. I'm one of your hosts, and also your keeper, Michelle Rapp, and today we're going to be continuing the Call of Cthulhu investigation with our wonderful intrepid investigators. Thanks again to Card Kingdom and our patrons on Patreon for supporting us. When we last left our investigators, they had just managed to find a few clues that led them to a rather suspicious-looking cave in which they believe the kidnapped children are being held. So, what kinds of trials and tribulations are up ahead? Let's find out. You enter the cave. Pretty standard cave situation. You've got stalagmites, you've got stalactites. And, I mean, you know, Lena, you've been in caves before. This is not exactly... And, like, Dirk, you've been in cave-like situations before. <laughs> Mostly transporting. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, of crypts and tombs, and occasionally a real cave while I'm smuggling mm-hmm. something, sure. So, this doesn't seem, on the surface, when you look at it, it's like, yeah, it's a cave. What about it? Uh, Lena and um, Brennan, because of your brush with the um with the arcane with like what happened with the blind trinities you pick up on something there's something in the air you're not really sure what it is i'd like to you know listen quietly to hear see if i can hear any like echoes or anything coming from further in the cave okay go ahead and roll for that Uh, that is a hard success 26 you sit you stand there for a moment tell your partners to shut up and be quiet and you listen intently and you realize as you're doing so that you're hearing what sounds like almost like music it sounds tinny like it's coming from a box or or something you're not really sure you've definitely encountered a few of these sorts of like trinket boxes and whatnot mm-hmm. in your travels so it's very similar to that the way that it resonates off of the walls and the caves though the cave uh the stone around you you get the feeling that this cave goes in much deeper and you would need to get in pretty deep in order to track that down. Um, well, I... And it's also getting... It's also dark, Well, by the way, in this cave. Yeah, I will... There are no light sources. Get my lantern out and, you know, say... I, you know, I'll, I'll tell everyone what I heard. Get my lantern out and say, I think we need to go deeper. Fine with me. <laughs> it's Inception. <laughs> you need yeah. to go deeper. <laughs> Another layer. <laughs> All right. Are you endeavoring to be stealthy at all as you are trying to go through? Oh, I definitely, yeah. I, I'm always trying to be somewhat stealthy, but definitely in an unknown situation like this. Okay. I mean, that's why I wear a All three armor. of you, yeah, all three of you, please roll stealth. Yeah, this is kind of Dirk's uh, specialty. Re- regular success. Okay. Oh, I succeeded barely. <laughs> oh, Dirk failed. Nice. I have a sev- I have oh. a seventy in stealth, and I rolled an eighty-one. Do you want to try to uh, use luck that's or eleven, 11 push that luck roll? points? Uh, now I think that's yep. that's a bit much. All right. Uh, it was the Dirk. smell that gave you away. Yeah, Dirk, you are. You had that squirrel, and even though that squirrel was pretty amazing, 
you kind of feel a little something, a little rumbly in your tumbly. Like in your in your expertise, you're a quiet man. You've always been when you're doing business and when you're about your business. But sometimes nature has her own way of making herself known. And as you tiptoe over and you make it over a stalagmite... So I'm, I'm sneaking out, you're, and then I just let out a great big fart. <laughs> exactly. You let out the most... It's not even smelly. It's just a really loud fart. And it resonates throughout the chamber. It, it sounds a little bit like a trombone had a had some kind of... Uh, had like a surprise attack or something like that. Like, Oof, sorry, you two. That, that squirrel's repeating on me. And you hear a voice ring out. Who is there? Girl Scout cookies. We got Thin Mints in finally. <laughs> yeah, no, this isn't Illaz, so I'm not going to be convincing anybody. Um, I'm just going to stay quiet. Uh, yeah, I is think- it, it's cold. It's cold outside, right? Yeah, it's cold. It's it's like late autumn. <clears throat> I'm going to step out and... I'm sorry to have disturbed you. We were looking from shelter for the cold. Me and my companion of slightly less class. Only pointing to Dirk at this point. My goal is to let Lena keep her stealth. Uh, we mean you um, no harm. We're sorry we didn't understand people were in here. Could you roll uh, persuade or charm? Yes, yes I can. I rolled a nine. My persuade is a 60. Feels good. <laughs> Something, this, is, this isn't this is your first time handling a somewhat, what sounds like an irate homeowner. You, you layer your voice with as much honey and grease as you possibly can as you start almost like moonwalking out of the cave you're so smooth with your lies and uh lena you pick do you i guess you pick up on what uh brendan's trying to put down and the voice rings out again and says ah shelter from the cold that seems so interesting i wonder what it must be like to feel cold why don't you come in and tell me of your experience. I'd love to, and maybe at the same time I can tell you about our Lord and Savior Thalia. Um, upon hearing the name, like the the words Lord and Savior Thalia, um, this voice cackles, and it is a deep, deep cackle that is uttered with echoes of dissonance. Almost, you normally when someone just a normal person speaks or even just sound in the usual world uh it comes out it reverberates it comes back there's like some cool things you can do with echo chambers but somehow this voice as deep and seductive and almost oily in its delivery um the reverberations of that noise don't resonate in harmony with itself it's in dissonance with itself and so um i'd like everyone to take uh to roll uh one d3 for sanity please so i'm gonna lose three sanity yep same here and i lost my d4 
Uh, these tiny dice are adorable, but then they just disappear. You, you need um, a you need a d6 anyway, right? Because it's a d3. Oh, you said d6. Oh yeah. I, I can roll for you if you want. I got it. Uh, two for me. Okay. All right. So that's where you are. What do you do? Uh, I'm gonna continue continue in, Chuck making up some mm. story. I'm going to try to quietly continue behind the two of them. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me stealth again, Lena. Uh, with advantage. With advantage. All right. So that is. So that is a critical success. You are like freaking Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you are the night. <laughs> you are the darkness. <laughs> you slip into shadow. Not a single sound escapes your leather boots and your um, your armor as you steadily take out your axe and you, you glide across the cavern floor. I've had a lot of experience sneaking up on werewolves and other things in the woods. Yeah, so Dirk is staying um, behind Brennan now. Uh, he, he doesn't really like the sound of this thing. Cool. So are, are you trying to be stealthy, Dirk, as well? Or no, are you they, just, they, um, this thing knows I'm here, but I want to make sure... I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the exit, making sure nothing tries to block it. Awesome. So the three of you make your way further in. Lena, are you in the lead again, or are you, take, are you letting Brennan and Dirk take the lead? I'm staying in the back now to try and to make sure that they're the focus of attention. Okay. So, you go further into this cave, and the cavern system splits, it meanders, it comes back together, and all the while you hear that little tinkling of music. And go ahead and roll spot hidden for me. That's also pretty good. I rolled an 8. That is good. I rolled a 10, which is exactly the line for my critical success. Yeah, failure on Dirk's part, he's not seeing anything. Uh, Dirk, again, the rumblies and your tumblies. I am. This just means I'm getting like every single RP roll. When it comes to combat, I am not going to hit a damn thing. Who says there's going to be combat? (laughs) So, Dirk, yes, you have rumblies and your tumblies, and that has left you rather distracted. Brendan and Lena, you see on the walls around you as your. I assume you've taken out your torches and whatnot. You see drawings on the wall around you. And they start out pretty sparse at first and pretty small. But as you get further into the cavern system, you start seeing the drawings become bigger. And like the scrawlings on the wall also start taking, they're also larger and they're also looking a little bit more like just sloppily put on as opposed to the careful script that you saw out there. But the themes that you see over and over again, you see rise and thrall, rise and thrall, rise and thrall, all hail, all hail rise and thrall, demon prince of the north, demon prince, all hail, lord of evil, etc. It's just sort of, sort of like this thing that you see over and over again. Is there any actual demonic um, written or is it all in... Um, common. It's all in common. And one thing that's also interesting is that it's all at human height. Like adult human or child human? Adult human height. Yay, cultists. And as you walk into, like, an area that has a bigger wall, like, clearing area, a clear wall area to draw upon, you see what looks like like, you, you've seen demons on Innistrad, right? Like, they're kind of big, and they're yeah. sort of, like, they have 
black obsidian skin with horns and these big bat wings. Yeah, I had lunch with one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, pretty standard issue. Nothing you haven't seen before, except for now. You see that this this drawing, sure, there's like the silhouette of a demon, but you also see the wings kind of start to extend into tentacles, and more tentacles like are surrounded, but are drawn almost like the rays of a sun. And above its head, you see an infinity sign, like a Mobius strip. And as you get closer, you realize, oh yeah, that's not actually paint. That's human. That that's that's a whole bunch of human stuff, like human fluids and other things that come out of humans. Mm. Hmm. Tasty. It's drawn in poop. It's drawn in poop and blood, mm. <laughs> and other other sort of fluids. It's it's all pretty bad. But it's yeah, and you you can smell that too. It's it's just it's getting. More rank, more smelly, more dark, and more eldritch the further you get it. Uh, all right. And I'm not going to make you take sanity damage for that because, uh, I don't know, It's I, I feel weird making people take sanity damage off of a poop picture. Um, Especially so. when you travel with Dirk. I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we've all seen weirder things during the uh, Eldrazi incident at this point. Yeah. A picture made of poop is really pretty low on that list. They're just kind of like, ah, uh, okay, that's weird. <laughs> and then you move on. Brennan and Dirk, since you're in the lead, Brennan first. You, the cavern system opens up into a large chamber that has clearly been modified in some ways. Um, for example, you know, stone chairs and pews like and benches don't just appear naturally. Someone's got to have to carve them. And, you know, statues also just don't carve themselves, uh, especially statues of a, you know, of a demon with large twisting horns that looking kind of like tentacles. That, that's something that someone has had to make, make as well. And it becomes clear who made all of these um, as you walk in and you see the remnants of what were the sisters of St. Greta's sitting demurely in a uh, in a row on a pew and at you basically as you walk in it's almost like you're in the back of a church so there's lines and lines of pews in front of you the figures of the sisters are all sitting in the front their backs to you but even from behind you know they they carry the same attributes that you saw of the sisters you saw back at St. Greta's. Like, they have the same bat wing situation. They've got tentacles. They are definitely not altogether human anymore. And as you enter, the the tinkling of the music box becomes louder as you identify what it is. Yes, it is a music box. And it's being held in the hands of one of the most hideous, terrifying things you have ever seen in your entire life. Yeah, the poop drawing didn't really capture all of it. And before you see this immense 40 foot tall, 40, 50 foot tall demon sitting upon a carved throne, holding a tiny music box 
in its hand delicately as as it plays and as it does so he looks up uh at you his many eyes um easily dozens of them blinking not like synchronized at all is like kind of like blinking here and there and Rysenthrall himself says ah excellent come tell me my new guest of this lord and savior and he shuts the lid of the music box and puts it down and where he puts it down you see two small children huddled together holding each other one a an older girl with brilliant green eyes um and long straight brown hair and the other a, a small boy also with brown hair um his nose is bleeding and it looks like someone broke it and it hasn't really been set Whoa. looks like those are the droids we're looking for yeah how many sisters are there uh there are five sisters but they have not turned around by the way i'm gonna need all of you to make sanity checks <laughs> Um, yeah, that's not good. Uh, Dirk fails. This is getting to him. First a squirrel, now this. I rolled yeah. 100. Oh, critical failure. Ooh. Well, I, I had a regular failure, so yeah, let's yeah, deal same with... same regular failure. Let's the... Okay, let's deal with the regular failure first. Uh, Doug, go ahead and roll intelligence to see if you can fully understand what is going on. <laughs> Intelligence, eh? Okay. That was also a failure. Dirk has no clue. Okay, so you only take uh, 1d8 of... Uh, 1d6 of sanity damage. That's fine. All right. Dirk, Dirk protected by his uh, inability to grasp anything. <laughs> yes. Stupidity is something that we do... Like, the inability to fully recognize what's in front of you is definitely a blessing. Um, unfortunately, Brennan, you... Should I, I make the same roll first? Uh, you passed, so... I know, I failed my sanity check as well, regular fail. Yeah. Oh, you failed your sanity check. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll intelligence. Sorry, I um, thought you That passed. is a hard success on intelligence. Yeah, uh, you are you are fully aware of what you're looking at right now. You are looking at a very powerful demon who has somehow managed to... Uh, enthrall everybody within this area and is also part Eldrazi Emrakul and has too many eyes. They're all blinking very strangely. So go ahead and take a 1d10 of sanity damage. Yeek. I'm running out of sanity. I've seen so much in my career already. Okay, only a three. Okay. Oh, Brennan. Oh, Brennan. You were not expecting to see this. Um, on a critical failure, I'm not going to make you roll intelligence. I'm just going to go ahead and describe what happens to you. Bye, Brennan. It was nice holding to you. You fall to your knees, your mouth slack and open, just completely overwhelmed by the desecration, the the mockery of a faith, of your faith that is before you. It, it's multiple feelings rush through your body. Anger, 
that this demon seeks to put himself in trappings, in the architectural trappings of a church. That's blasphemous fear because, oh my gosh, this is a 50-foot demon and it's covered in eyes and it wants to like do something. I don't know what. It's in you're scared because of your life. You're scared for these children. And and that fear starts to eat away at you. It eats away at you in a way that you can't fully comprehend. But basically for the next let's see. You you're uh I don't want to make you insane, but I feel like I need to do something to you. Roll a D100. 86. Looking at the pews, you see nothing but traps. These narrow spaces, these confined areas, these little pathways between anything. You feel your body unconsciously back away as you suddenly now have um, stenophobia, fear of narrow things or places. (laughs) And this is something that you will now have for the rest of your life. Hmm. Um, Also, take 1d12 of sanity. (laughs) 1d12 of sanity. Four. That's not bad. Okay. Cool. I, I'm being benevolent and not just driving you permanently insane right now. Um, so, um, what do you do? Um, scream? Okay, that's acceptable. <laughs> you scream. You scream in terror. The uh, rise and thrall, the demon, uh, chuckles and says, No, no. There is no need to be frightened. Is there? In fact, oh, go ahead. Sorry, as you interrupt this demon prince. Well, no, I'm asking you. Is there anything in between me and the kids? Yes, there are. There's about like twelve rows of pews, and uh, about five. Well, look like um, more demon sisters in the way. Okay. Well, well. Dirk kind of just wants to grab the kids and go, but it uh, doesn't seem like that's quite an option. So I guess we'll hear the monologue. Uh, Rise and Thrall looks at all of you and says, well, in a voice that's very like Tim Curry, but like more slippery and sensuous and again, dissonant. He says, ah, excellent. More fuel for my powers to grow. Ah, Regis, you said that they would come, and here they are. You have been so loyal to me, my servant, even and especially as I have bloomed in the recent year. And um, from stepping out from behind a pillar is Regis Umlauf, uh, the mayor of Dinkelsburg, who is, smiles at all of you and says, Ha ha! And he snaps his fingers. Are any of you wearing... The, the green pendants. Oh, no, I took yeah, mine I off once, we... uh, like, immediately after. You hear, like, a rustle in your back uh, wherever you put the amulets. You hear a rustle, and uh, the amulets don't really do anything. You just hear this rustle, and I don't know if anyone wants to take a look at what, what's going on in there, but uh, he uh, frowns and is like, wait, you are not wearing the amulets? I told you to wear the amulets. Hey, uh, Mayor Umlaut. We, we found the kids. Can we get our reward now and get out of here? I don't like the look of this demon fellow. Ah, uh, yes. You shall have your reward. A reward that will serve me. And mm, uh, basically he launches into your, your standard. Um, yes, you, your deaths will feed my power, etc., etc. 
it's so canned. Actually, Elena, you've heard something like before. This is not your first time. And and honestly, it's kind of a letdown because Regis, despite having such an incredibly powerful and in, like scary looking patron, um, this this monologue is is fairly <laughs> canned and you know whatever you ignore it. Um, Can I banish deity while he's monologuing? Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. All right. Uh, let me turn to dismiss deity. Yay. Now, Mr. Bond, let me tell you in all the ways you're <laughs> going to die. For there's no way you can touch me. I am invincible. Oh, wait. Where did our job go? <laughs> Maybe I am not as invincible. You're gonna let me go, right? You're a pacifist, right? I am, but she's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so let me describe to you how dismissed deity works. A deity who does not want to leave Earth may be dismissed. Yes, you know the specific spell for this deity. You need to allot one magic point per 25 POW round down possessed by the deity. So this deity uh, requires two power points. Okay. Um, this grants an initial 5% chance to dismiss the god, and it opens the way for the deity's dismissal. So, you can sacrifice more um, magic points or willpower in order to uh, increase the chances that this deity leaves by another 5%. Um, 5% so, if you sacrifice 10 or more magic points... Yep. So, if you, for example, if you sacrifice 10 points, it's 50% of the chance, and you can all pool in together Sailor Moon style <laughs> to see if you can dismiss the deity. Uh, I'm going to dump all of my points. I have 11 magic points. I'm going to spend all of them. Yeah, I, I'm putting in eight points myself. Don't think Dirk has anything right, to give. Just... Uh, I guess Dirk's just standing there with his crowbar. What's like this strategic <laughs> situation? Does does running make, would running make sense right now, now that Dirk doesn't have a reward to look forward to it's up to you how you want to play dirk if you if dirk wants to run away that is perfectly within dirk's rights yeah like how close are these these scary sisters um about 70 feet away okay i mean i'm I'm just trying to figure out in the theater of the mind whether or not it looks to dirk like he can actually escape or if like standing ground is better because Dirk, Dirk is not down for heroism at this point. Yeah. So whether or not it makes sense for Dirk to run away is only, is a question only you can answer as it's as Dirk's player. I, I, um, yeah, I'm not asking for like the moral decision. I'm asking for the layout. Like, what what's between? Is there anything between me and the door? Can I like if if I were to start running? You are right in front of the back door. Mm-hmm. You are in the back of the chapel. Like all all three of you just entered through the chapel. Uh, although Lena, if you want to make a stealth check to see. If you made it in Unseen, um, that'd be good. But right now, yes, uh, Brendan and Dirk, you are, all of you are in the back door of this little cavern chapel situation. Still stealthy. Okay, Lena, you are, invis- you are Batman, no one sees you, you are roguing like no one's business. All right, so, so uh, Dirk is going to uh, hightail it for the exit. Okay, you turn around, you run away. <laughs> See, I, I knew he was evil, I knew it. We could have just gotten back there with some bodies, got an easy 10 gold. What a waste. Later, guys. 
what's your what is your uh dex by the way because now you're in combat <laughs> i've decided okay my uh my dex is 85 okay so yeah you do that first um and then regis is like he sees you and says oh no 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 we need all three of you and he runs after you okay he runs after you and he's going to try to make an attack with a sword so would you like to fight back would you like to punch him or would you like to okay keep yeah, running? No, if, so if this guy is an intercept range then i'm not gonna then I, i'm gonna fight back all right um so do you want to revise it that you didn't run away or are you still running uh i'm, I'm gonna start backing up to the i'm gonna start backing up towards the door and that 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 can trigger him to say you know no getting away or whatever he just said all right in that case uh so you you would go first in just letting you know, like you would go first in combat order because you do have the highest decks, mm-hmm. uh, but you're choosing to use that to back away towards the door. All right. Regis goes next. He, uh, he sees that you're about to run away. So he's like, Oh no, you don't. So he's going to try to attack you. He's going to make a fight. Yes. Okay. He's, uh, would you like to fight back? Yeah, definitely fighting back. Okay. Let me, I will roll Fighting Brawl to hit with my crowbar. Okay. He fails. He he fails. Okay, I got a, uh, I'm pretty sure a hard, or a critical success, whatever it's called, extreme success. Okay. Yes, and how much do you hit? Um, do I get anything for, uh, for it being a hard success, or is that just gravy? Yes, uh... I think that's just okay. gravy. So I, I roll um, one one d eight. I think you no wait. Yeah, I think you, you get, do get an extra d eight. Yeah, I was right? just gonna look at critical success damage. I think you get an extra d eight. All right, um, and you also get some narration. Yeah, usually. Okay, so extreme. Did you get an extreme success or hard I got, success? My fighting was a not a, a seventy, and I got rolled a nine. So that's I think yeah, it's definitely extreme. That's ex- I think yeah. that's extreme. Okay, so. Go ahead and roll your bonus damage on top. Put your bonus damage on top of that. And that's blunt. I think you get an extra D8, but I'm not entirely certain. Or it could be an extra D4. I'm looking it up right now. I thought it was designed to uh, like um, essentially resolve ties. Like if both people succeed, the person who got the hard success is the one who actually succeeds. I mean, that is a type of... There- oh. I think it's, unless they took it out of this version, there was, like, the idea of, like, piercing or something. I can't remember exactly what they called it. But. Yeah, this is blunt, right? Because you're hitting him with a crowbar, or is this piercing? Because you're... Uh, describe to me what kind of damage I mean, you're doing. I mean, it's intended, to, you know, crowbar has to sharpen, so that's that's what I'm going to hit with. So up to you, what do you want to call that? Okay, uh, we did agree that the crowbar essentially is a big knife. Yeah. So... Yeah, that is how I started it. Okay, so it's ma- so impale uh, basically what it is, impale is what damage. I would call it. Yeah. Impale, so that's max damage plus max uh, damage bonus and then roll weapon damage. So what's the max damage on that? You automatically get that plus roll everything else. So I, I take, so my damage is 1d8 plus my damage bonus of 1d4. So what, what do I do exactly? So you get the d8 maxed out at 8 and then you roll your bonus damage. Okay. So then yeah. d4. Ah, sweet. So that's 12 damage. You murder the mayor of Dinglesburg. <laughs> that's what you get for backing out on a contract. You murder him. <laughs> there is not even a... 
He just he rolled so badly. <laughs> he didn't even get a hit on you. Oh my gosh, that was like my second mini boss, <laughs> and he just murdered him. Nobody gets in the Good way Lord. of Dirk turning tail and running away. Yeah, so Dirk, Dirk just, just uh, you know, he, he, he tries to back away, and then when the mayor advances, he whips out his crowbar and just slams it right through the mayor's eye. Yeah, no, you, you take your crowbar, Hildy, the trusty crowbar that has been by your side for several decades and has seen you through the, the terrors of this past Emrakul situation, and you just stab it right through his head. You stab Hildy right through his skull. Oh, no, you stab Hildy right through his skull. Uh, and, and it's almost like you you kind of like jump off to the side a little bit like a wuxia film in order to do it. And his skull splits open underneath the powerful blow of Hildy and your combined outrage. <laughs> uh, and he falls to the floor, his brain shattered open. All right, and then I'm going to shout, uh, Hey, kids, you got any uh, other... Rich relatives, you know, like a, a wealthy uncle or something who might want you back? We are just so scared and we do not have much clothing because they took it off and just it around the forest. Please save us. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to make, make sure it's worth the while. What, uh, okay, so next to act is the demon. <laughs> so uh, the demon looks and is like, no, my greatest Acolyte, and he fly, he gets him. He flies over to you, Dirk, and he's going to try to attack you. Uh, he's going to seize you uh, with his big, big tail. How would you like to respond? I mean, can I still fight back, even though I've done it once this turn? Yes, you okay. can still fight um, back. Yeah, I'm definitely fighting back. I don't, I don't quite understand what's going on. So even though it's a big, scary demon, I'm not going to turn tail. Uh, okay, so I'll, I'll roll my fight. Yep. Uh, and that is... Uh, that That's a hard success. Okay. So uh, his tail reaches out and tries to um, basically surround and squeeze you as, as do the other tentacles on him. But uh, he you manage to slip out. Not only that, but you also manage to deal some damage. So go ahead and deal some damage to this, this demon. Okay. Uh, that is, ooh, uh, that's 11. Sweet. These are some good rolls. All right. Yes, that is a good roll. You do some major damage to this demon. You basically, uh, turn around and you actually chop with, you, you impale and then, I guess you, you bring down, um, Hildy and slice the tail off of this demon and it shouldn't seem possible but somehow you have ha, yeah you, which happens when i roll poorly and you roll extremely well yeah you, you talk a big talk mr demon fella but hildy doesn't care what sort of demon prince you are all right so um the nuns are gonna go next and the nuns are like <gasps> our lord and savior rise and Sral, we will quick quick puts him in through the portal that way he will regain the powers and you see now that rise and thrall has left his throne you see on the seat of it is a whirling shining portal it looks almost like a tear in space and time 
it is gleaming this bright white. You see that the, the, the light of it kind of ends and trails off into little glittery stars, little motes. And inside, you see this rippling miasma of blues and purples and pinks and grays as it shimmers and sparkles. And they pick up uh, first of all, they uh, two of them go forward and they grab the children, and another one of them actually goes and flings herself through the portal. And as she does so, a large burst of energy kind of radiates throughout the room. It feels a lot like um, it, it, it feels like a, a wind, sort of a strong wind, kind of just kind of bursting out through that chamber, it ruffles all of your hair. And behind you, you see. Um, the demon rise and thrall actually start to regrow a little bit of his tail and it's starting to regrow, but slowly. And he turns to us and says, ha, you think you can stop me? And with that, um, yeah, the, the, the so the nuns are going to try to basically heal rise and thrall by throwing themselves through this portal. And I believe next is Brennan. So now you can begin the spell if you choose. Okay, how do I begin the spell? All right, so basically you, one, you say you're going to do the spell. Um, Two, um, you've already declared how many points you're willing to put into this, so all 11. So roll 1d100 against the total chance for the dismissal. All right, rolling the d100. Does anyone else want to assist? Yeah, I'm putting in eight points. Okay, so that's uh, 11 plus 8, that's 19. Just don't crit fail. I got a 21, so All right. I think we're, we're good. Well, this is fast. <laughs> you gave me the power! Brennan. I used it. Yes, I did give you the power. <laughs> I just, you know. Um, you hold out your hand, and your belief in Thalia, in the Geist of St. Traft, in all of the spirits that had come to your aid, who had shielded you and protected you, and those you loved during the times of Emrakul, you feel their combined strength, as well as the strength of the strange words that you recalled and you learned that previous night, come to your aid and emanate out through your hand um, a circle of white light with um, strange symbols opens up below you and surrounds you and the rest of your party as uh, you begin speaking these strange strange words they're not any language that you had ever known Um, they're not any dialect you've ever known but somehow these divine words as they ring through the air in your quavering voice strengthened by your faith every syllable hits this demon uh, like someone decking a boxer or someone like in an mma fight like each one of them hits him viscerally and he goes back even though his tail is starting to reform another uh another nun looks at this and it's like no and then she like tries to fling herself she flings herself through the portal and the kids are putting up enough of a fight so you are uh not actually uh you don't have to save them quite yet but an, an, a matching circle light of light uh, bigger than yours made to accommodate this demon opens up below uh, Rise and Thrall. And he begins to melt, almost like 
putting chocolate in the microwave. Like if you put a chocolate Santa Claus in the microwave, you start to see him sort of like melt and grow into like a little puddle, ever growing puddle on the ground. His tentacles begin to droop. Everything starts to melt together into one viscous, dark, extremely pungent and smelly ooze as it dissipates. And of course, he lets out a giant as he decide as he melts into the floor but as the puddle grows um it doesn't actually expand it hits the sides of that ring of light and continues to um kind of almost like drain and then the the uh as if in the middle and then the circle grows smaller and smaller and smaller and then boop the light shoots up into the sky and disappears leaving an empty um stone chapel with uh, about two nuns left wrestling with some small children although now that the demon has been banished the those particular nuns have collapsed and fallen to the ground but the rift in front of you on the throne is still open Uh, i don't know what to do I'm guessing, I mean, just off of my thing, oh, I, I think I'm, like, the only person who hasn't acted at this point, right? Yeah, no, you haven't done anything. Yeah. Our, our most capable fighter, um, <laughs> you blessed your play. I, I'm going to guess that the, uh, possibly the nuns or what are keeping it open, so I'm going to close and sneak attack one of them. Uh, yeah, you do it. They're collapsed and unconscious on oh, the ground. They're un- no, if they're unconscious, I'm not going to do it then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I missed that part. That I, I know they kind of, like, if they're out already, then maybe I'm going to see if I can figure out what... Is the music box still there? The music box is still there. It's next to the kids. It's been knocked over because of the tussle between yeah. the kids and the nuns. Um, I'm going to try smashing the music box. Okay. Go ahead and roll and tackle the music box. Uh, that is a success. You smash the music box. Dang, you smashed you smashed that music program better than the U.S. government. Oh, uh, the rift is still open, right? The rift is still there. Nothing has changed. I want to just take a quick, you know, check against to see if there's anything that I would have seen like this previously. Um. Working with my demon friends. Uh, would that be just a general int, or are you looking specifically for like arcana? Um, type thing? yes. Uh, go ahead and roll me. Do you have anything in occult? Um, I don't have a cult. I have the demonic language, and I have. Um, I mean, I can always make an attempt at an occult roll. Uh. Yeah, go if you want to go ahead, and if anyone wants to also um, do that, that would be great. So that is a fail on my part with my 5% on a cult. I succeeded. I rolled a 2. <laughs> I, uh, an untrained succeed. An untrained hard success. The, the rolls today are insanely good. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um... Brennan, you've learned so much in the past two days, more than you have ever 
comprehended in your entire life. Um, would that this knowledge within the past 48 hours have been spread out over the many years you've been alive, it would have been a little easier to bear, especially as you look upon this rift. And you feel, because you have the, the mythos uh, points and whatnot, you recognize this as being something that doesn't belong in this world. Not only that, but it appears to be something that can manipulate the very flow of time and space itself. Hmm. How do I call Project Bad Wolf? Uh, yeah. <laughs> A TARDIS appears and Matt Smith comes down in a spiffy bow tie. Uh, I wanted Rose Tyler. I mean, we could just have them all show up and have one of those episodes. So yes, you see before you a rift in space and time. Um, and it seems that by putting people through it, um, it, 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 that was somehow fueling this eldritch horror demon's uh, strength and power. Well, I don't know that we can rip people back to put it in reverse. Hmm. Can I pick up bits of the music box and throw it through? Yeah, go ahead and pick up. Yeah, go sure. ahead. Sure. I'll do that. Uh, you pick up... So this music box looks pretty new. And as you throw, like, parts of it through, you hear a clatter come from behind you and you turn around and you see that there are those are the parts that you threw but it's like they weren't there before but now they're there and they're there and they look a lot older there's rust on those parts and it almost seems like those parts were always there even though you heard the tinkle oh i see if you peer like can you see anything through the rift um go ahead and roll me Spot hidden or intelligence, arcana, uh, one of those. Uh, I rolled a 70, so I guess I'll take intelligence because I have an 85. <laughs> no, you can't really see. It's it's so swirly. It's just so very swirly. So if those came through, why didn't the people come through? Because the people are probably still in there. I will walk through the rift. <laughs> Wait, sorry, Brendan, you walk through the rift? Yep. I really don't think that's a good idea, but I doubt I can do anything to stop you because you're right next to it, and I'm not. Yeah, good luck. I, More reward for the rest I just of us. explained <laughs> my logic that that the objects came through and they were always here. I mean, do you want to make like a spot? I, I'll I'll give you like a spot hidden before you go through if you want. Okay. I rolled a ninety-one. I don't see anything. You're, you're just going on pure faith at this point. Does anyone else want to roll spot in? I, I'm, I'm just too distracted by the fact that this idiot is about to walk through the portal. Um, like, I, I, I don't have time to look around. I just, like, start to, like, no! And yeah, Dirk's not doing much of anything, so I guess I will roll at least. Brennan, you walk through the <laughs> portal. You walk through this rift in time and space. And as you do, you walk out, and there's this cave. You're back into this cave, but not there are no carved pews. There are no thrones. It's just an empty cave. When you look behind you, the rift is gone. Hmm. That was a mistake. 
I'm just going to narrate. Is that okay? Or do you want to make any jokes? That's fine. No, go for it. Okay. You retrace the steps uh, that you remember, that uh, that you remember in your time and uh, your adventure briefly, um, that happened not very long ago, before you dispelled a ginormous demon. And you make it to the entrance of the cave. Your horses are not there. As you And you make your way to the path. It looks smaller than what it was before. The, the trail looks a little bit less, you know, traversed. Not as many small footprints have come this way. And eventually, you make your way to a little clearing where you see a shepherd with his herd of sheep just grazing. It's morning. There's plenty of daylight um, and time for the sheep and whatnot to get back into the village. So, uh, yeah, you see a shepherd. He's hanging out. He's got a straw in his mouth, playing some pipes. He he waves to you. I would wave back. At this point, I assume that I'm, I'm done in a different time and just kind of stuck here. Um, yeah, you, you talk to the shepherd. <laughs> and the shepherd... You know, talks to you and he says, uh, you know, he's he's letting you know, like, ah, oh, yes, he's he's coming. He's a uh, he's a shepherd now, but eventually he's going to make it to Thraben and he's going to marry his sweetheart. And uh, they've decided that when they get married, you know, they're they're hoping that one of their kids, maybe eventually, you know, they might have a little kid named Thalia. They're not really sure. They really like the name. Oh, good. I'm going to become a doomsayer and cry about the end is coming. As Emrakul's <laughs> fall upon the world. Uh, but first, I'm going to go back and find Dinkleberg and hit, ring his little Dink- child neck. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you do go to Dinkelsburg, but you don't find Regis. There is no child in the village by that name. Uh, but I guess in Regis I shall stay forever until i find him one of the things (laughs) but the one thing that you do as you come back in you do see a weeping woman and she says that her child wilhelm has gone missing god damn it wilhelm we're back on the case scooby doing it across (laughs) time and space and that's where we leave and that's where we leave brennan yeah (laughs) meanwhile in this timeline (laughs) what are the two of you doing Hmm. Did the rift close behind him? Uh, no, the rift did not close behind him. Oh, by the way, when you went through, Brennan, a person with your kind of faith and understanding, a again, another power wave went through more, more strong, like stronger than before. And it basically, actually, I'll, I'll describe that later. Um, but yeah, another power surge happened. That's scary. But the... Uh so, yeah, I am going to, having no idea how to close this portal and thinking Brennan is just dead and gone at this point, there's still the unconscious demon things. Um, I can sit. Oh, their demon parts have receded. Okay, so they're now back they look to sort of normal. Humid. All right, then I am going to mm-hmm. bind them, toss them over my shoulder. Drag them out and tell the kids, you know, like, come here, let's let's get you someplace safe. Yeah, maybe there's some other mm. village that's lost kids and is looking for a reward. 
Okay. If if my and, arms and were out. full, I mean, uh, I'd probably axe Dirk, but since they are, I'm going to restrain myself. And yeah, I'm going to, you know, after this, I'm going to mark the location of this cave and send a message to, you know, a contact in Thraben that I still have with in the new church and just mention that this place needs to be demolished or exercised or something. And cool. you know, I'll return the kids to town to see if there's someone who isn't a demon worshiper to take care of them. Yeah, you head back to town. No demon worshippers. You describe what happened. The The town is extremely upset by the fact that their mayor is one dead and two turns out to have been um, the unwitting supplier of innocent lives to a uh, powerful time traveling leeching off the energy of that sort of thing demon in the mountains and uh, you are given various valuables and and a lot of money <laughs> and asked to please leave as soon as possible ah so it all works out well in the end and, uh, yeah, so, uh, one thing that you notice, um, do any of you, like, talk to, like, anyone in the town about what you talked about, or? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still really interested, because especially about the old woman at the monastery and stuff, and I'm just going to ask about, like, the town history. I mean, I'm going to try to, like, this has kind of been my stomping ground for a while, and I'm super interested in, like, what happened. So if they're not going to toss me right out, I want to do some... I would stick around doing some further exploration into the weird things that have been happening there. So you return Wilhelm to the care of other villagers and Brigitte as well. And eventually what happens is they send out for Wendela and Wendela is brought back. And when Wendela sees Birgitta, she bursts into tears and she runs over and says, like, she starts wailing, My daughter, it has been so long since I have seen you. And Birgitta is uh, understandably not okay with this random old woman. Yeah. Like, trying to hug her. <sighs> well... No, that's pretty much where I pick off. There's, like, nothing I can do here. I'm going to spend my money buying new supplies, maybe finally getting a new set of armor, and go back to uh, traversing the wilderness and trying to get a better understanding of the demons of Innistrad. Cool. Yeah, and Dirk is going to happily take his reward, make his way back to Thraven, start, try to start his grave-robbing empire again. <laughs> and... Brennan, as you walk away from the shepherd and, you know, uh, you do see not a young woman, but a woman in her prime in her 30s with brilliant green eyes rush out of the forest and scream, where is Regis? Where is my daughter? Uh, I'm going to move over to comfort her and say, I have a story to tell you, <laughs> one you are not soon to believe. Okay. And that is the end of our Call of Cthulhu campaign set in Innistrad, where all three of yous kind of survived <laughs> thanks to some really clutch rolls. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't get to chop up anything at the end because it was already taken care of. Yeah, I was not anticipating everyone just dumping everything into just Miss Dady and then just like, blah, but 
Yeah, I mean, it turned out nice and neat, so there you uh, are. I'm also, like, out of character, I'm very disappointed that um, Brennan hid the Dominate spell from me, because that would have been super useful in my line of work. I'm sure it would have. <laughs> yeah. That's how I mean, Oko comes to be. Cool. Well, I, I hope all of you enjoyed the campaign. Um, it's short and sweet. I don't know if you have any questions, but I, I did make this a little bit twisty-timey. Definitely inspired by the dark. <laughs> by dark. Yeah, no, this was cool. That was that was fun. Awesome. Um, well, thank you everyone for listening to this final chapter of Call of Cthulhu. Uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Card Kingdom, and our patrons on Patreon for supporting us. Uh, we would not be able to do what we do without you. And with that, I have been your keeper, Michelle. I'm a time traveler named Bob. <sighs> I'm a hunky lady named Taya. And Doug was here too. And we will see you next time. Bye, Bye everyone. See ya.